Good morning, Asa. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, Nate. I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, well, hang on. I, I'm I'm alive and kicking. I've had a. I've, I guess we're recording on Monday this week. I've had a. I've had a Monday to say the least. I've had a Monday. Mm, tell me about it. So I wake up and uh, my car battery has been acting funny for the last few weeks. I've had to jump it a couple times here and there. So wake up, walk outside. Car's not. Car's not starting. Get somebody come try to jump it. Still not starting. He had like a little Chevy like Volto. So I'm like, all right, this dude's engine is not gonna in, in giving it enough. So I get somebody. Boy. Yeah. So I get somebody with like a Toyota Tundra V8 to come over. I just got a little Acura 2004 RL, and still not starting. I'm like, all right, it's dead. I got I got to get a new battery. So call dude. You know, somebody comes over, puts a new battery in. Um, I take it. I finally start the car. Go back to the shop, pay for it, and I get in the car, and now my AC is not working. So, I mean, oh, it, you had a, you did have a Monday. I got my black t-shirt on. I got black pants on and I got to go, you know, I'm all the way out in Franklin. I got to go to TSU. I'm just windows down the interstate sweating like crazy. You know, then I get out, I come here, I, I park and I walk to the gym. I'm still sweating like crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just one thing after another. So that's my Monday. Now, you know, I'd say we'd change the have stigma a good weekend, on everybody. Mondays. Mondays are fantastic. You're yeah, I wasn't mad was about it. Like today. I don't think I had a bad day, or I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't upset. Well, that's a pretty uh, terrible start to a week. Because... You know, but but what what, what we always say, Nate, you know, I'm I'm allowed and kicking, so I really wasn't complaining about it. You know, just how, how do you respond? How do you respond when things don't go your way? That's that's what this is all about. Wow. So what you were really doing was you were teaching a life lessons to your players today and to everybody out there. That's what coaching is, isn't it? Something like that. Try to, you know. What other? What uh, What's new with you? Well, um, nothing. Um, just working. Got back. Little seven hour, little fourteen hour round trip plus uh, the trips I was making from uh, Aaron's house to the games all yeah, week, which was forty minutes. So I have done twenty hours worth of driving. You do so, some driving, man. You do some driving between between your uh, your in laws and the recruiting that you're doing right now. You you do some driving. I've done some driving. So um, no drive. I mean, just my little five minutes to work and five minutes back today. So took it easy. You know, only about ten minutes on the road today. <laughs> that's a win. Oh wait, no, that's not true. Um, because I sat at a light for about twenty minutes. It's another story. Dude, the traffic coming back was ridiculous yesterday. I'm going really? to talk about it really quick. I'm not going to try to waste any more time. But So we, I, I'm driving back. I get about an hour north of Knoxville, and all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, stop. I'm like, what the heck? We're going three miles an hour. It's like three miles, stop. Three miles an hour, stop. Like It's, it's like stop and go at three miles an hour. So it's not even like really stop and go. Mm-hmm. And so finally, after like 45 minutes, we start passing the traffic. And this dude's car is just flipped up on its side. There's another car that's banged up and another car that's banged up. And, and the people there, luckily, they're safe, but they're just sitting over there on the side of the, like, side of the road with all these ambulances. It looked bad. But then all of a sudden, I drive another five miles, and it says I'm going to be in 20 miles of traffic. <laughs> no way. And no. so they gave me I, – I checked the routes, and um, Waze gave me another way. Well, I'm about to get off the exit at 27. So this is this has all happened. Now I'm on the way. I'm like, all right, getting off my exit, which is exit 27 on 75. Where um, I'm drawing a blank, so I'm not gonna keep going. But try to get off the exit, and it is blocked off. I'm like, why is this blocked off? Why is this exit blocked off right now? 
And I start driving by, dude, a tractor trailer had ran off the ran off the exit and ran over two cars and ran into a pole. And there are 15 police cars there. And I'm, I, I hate to say it, but the guy uh, passed away. Um, oh the guy that was driving the tractor trailer and we don't, I don't know if it was a, if he had a heart attack or what, but yeah, just terrible. So, and I didn't even figure that out till this morning, like what actually happened, but I don't know if he lost his brakes or if he had a heart attack and then just, but yeah. Okay. So, All right. So eventful, eventful. Well, um, and to the weekend, but, um, anyway, without further ado, welcome in to the mind of a coach podcast. Asa, this is episode 46. 46 um 46 i i have an i have something in my head but i, I it's i what number was ronnie turry at was he 28 he, he wasn't 46 was it dude i could not i i don't know if all right well we gotta look it up now we gotta we this is this is we're breaking the streak nate we were doing so good um NBA. i know we were but I, I i mean i just i honestly probably judge you if you're number 46 yeah, I mean that's not the most. Uh, yeah, that's Aaron Baines. It was he. Oh, he is forty-six. Uh, he was on the Celtics at least, I believe. Yeah, they said yeah. Uh, Boston Celtics, Phoenix Suns, and the Raptors actually. Okay, Aaron Baines. All right, Aaron Baines. Yeah, we we don't need to look into it anymore. Let's just take Aaron Baines on his role. Hey, um, sorry, Nate, but real quick before we go any further, do we want to talk about what you and I got going on this weekend? Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude, so, all right, so Nate and I are going up to Princeton, Kentucky to play in a four-man scramble, uh, us two and with Eli Pepper and Aaron Korn, both of which we played uh, college basketball with, and four-man scramble Saturday and Sunday. Nate, what do we, what do we think that we can what – are, what are we shooting for as a group? I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to shoot well. I mean, I'm not going to shoot well. How, however, Aaron is really good. Huh? Aaron is really good at golf. Is, what's his handicap? It's got to be like a 10. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that, Aaron. We'll, anyway, I mean, seriously, what do you think we can do after two days? 18 holes, four-man scramble. What do you think we can go? After two days? A realistic expectation. I think we can hit minus 12 or minus 14. I was thinking somewhere along the nine, nine, maybe ten would be really good. I'm thinking eight, eight to ten is is reasonable. I think I don't know how Eli is. I know how we are. I know a similar play how we are. I think Aaron is going to help us out. Okay, if you say so. If you say so, you play I with do. him. You played with him. I, I didn't. So if you say so, I do. I think Aaron I, and I'm and Eli is a big swinger too. So hey, your boy. Well, not Sunday, but I, I played Saturday and Sunday this week. And the recently, your boy has has worked some kinks out on the tee box. Like I said, except for the back nine on Sunday. But I mean, dude, I'm hitting a two. I'm hitting a 20 year old driver 280 yards four to five times around right down the right down the fairway. <laughs> you said four or five times around. <laughs> yeah, I am. Like I'm <laughs> that's pretty you. good. That's not terrible. 13, yeah, straight down the fairway. Anyway, so all right, yeah. I think, you know I think I say, is that what you had to get off your chest or do you have something else? No, I, I do have one other thing. It's, I'm not going to go long, but you know, with, with school coming back and always wear a hoodie to class, there's never a bad time to wear a hoodie to class unless you have a presentation, unless you have a presentation. There's this is not, terrible it's advice. never too hot. It's never too cold. Steer, wearing a hoodie to class never steer me wrong. I think this is a terrible advice. I'd say don't actually listen to you on this one. I'd say don't wear a hoodie to class. If you wear a hoodie to class, Take your hood off so you don't look like that guy and that you don't look like you're not paying attention. 
I didn't so, say uh, put the hood on. I'm not saying put the hood on. I'm the it's, it's 90 degrees. Why would you wear a hoodie to class? No, not it's not 90 degrees in class, dude. I'm telling you, never steer me wrong. Wear, always wear a hoodie to okay, class. Okay, so you're Unless saying you're, like stay warm. Even if it's a fleece, just wear something warm to class. I'm saying wear a hoodie to class all the time. It would take the hood me. off. Yeah, I'm not. T- no, I don't mean like literally put the hood on. I'm just saying always okay. wear a hoodie to class. All right. Well, that's interesting Unless advice, but whatever you had to get off your chest. Also, um, stay safe. Um, COVID is surging right now. Everybody stay safe. Hey, without further ado, um, this is a fun one, a little close to my heart. So uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Boom, baby. What are you at, at daycare right now? What colors we got going on? I mean, yeah. yeah my goodness. And, it, and he's got the shirt that's matching the wall behind him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Crap. Like Hold on, let me change my like- shirt. I feel like I'm walking into Pottery Barn Kids or something. <laughs> hey, I made sure that I have some books, uh, a mahogany desk. My ten-year-old or my ten-month-old boxer is about to uh, come through the door behind me. <laughs> All right, we got Coach Sam Moran on the show with us today. Uh, Coach Sam Moran played uh, high school basketball at Battleground Academy in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, after finishing up college, Sam came back to uh, coach AAU and youth basketball, um, as well as the West Nashville Sports League for many, many, many years. Uh, and he is now kicking off BGA's uh, first youth basketball league. Sam, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. How you doing, man? What's new with you? Hey, doing well, man. I really appreciate y'all having me. I'm, I'm excited. Got a, got a nice haircut so I can look good on the podcast and uh, had a couple wardrobe malfunctions, so I'm glad to be here. So, <laughs> Hey, all right. So you got this new – tell us about the summer. Uh, I know you, we mentioned, talked about it a little bit ago. What's been going on with you this summer, this new basketball league, this uh, AAU, all the stuff you got going on? Talk to us about it. Yeah, man. It's been, it has been a wild summer, and as you guys both know uh, – the summertime is when when guys get better. Uh, that's that's when you get in the gym and, and get better and improve your game. And so, at BGA out in Franklin, we uh, started our own youth basketball league and called the Legends Sports League. And we have flag football and, and basketball. We actually uh, so this summer we had a basketball league with over forty teams participated, uh, fifth through eighth grade boys yeah, and girls. Awesome. Um, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of time and for those guys that do that in that league, I have a new appreciation for how much time it, because you got a coach that coaches multiple teams. Like I coached three teams. I coached our eighth grade team, our seventh grade team, and our sixth grade team. And you have other coaches that uh, coach multiple teams or they can only go at, you know, only play at 4.30. And so it was, it was a great experience. And, and again, more than anything, it got young men and women in the gym and, and playing and, you know, it's what you should be doing in the summer. So between that and then travel ball on the weekends, it's been a, it's been a wild, wild summer. So. Good, good. All right. So tell me a little bit about your coaching journey. Um, so you, you coach, you start coaching youth leagues and then uh, you coach a pretty solid team and extra crispy and you've continued to coach summer leagues from or summer teams that now you're at stars. So tell me a little bit about your career and that and what made you get into it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first I always thought, you know, being the oldest of four boys, you sort of felt like a coach, uh, you know, helping out younger siblings, uh, even though they wouldn't listen to you always, but, um, always loved coaching, you know, playing the point guard position. You you sort of are pinned as the, 
the coach on the court, you know, and, and that's how a lot of coaches look at it being in that position. Um, I just, I, I always, I love the game of basketball. I love everything uh, there is about it. Actually this past weekend, I got to go up to Hoosier gym outside of Indianapolis. And I suggest that for both of you guys, it is. A how was that? Good. Tell us about what was that like? Dude, it was, it was awesome. Um, you walk in, I'll have to show y'all pictures, but they just talked about, you know, the movie and, and the director in the book and so forth that that movie was not about basketball it was about life and you know the coach uh gene hackman got a second chance and it talks about struggle and being the little guy against the giant and just so many life lessons and so but so they actually i didn't know this um you can actually play they have over 80 basketball games there a year 80 high school basketball games what? so he said they've had they've had teams from 40 states come and you can just call the guy, I got his number, and he said, hey, yeah, just call me, and I can even pair you up with somebody, or you can have a whole game, and you can rent out the gym and have a game there. So, like, we went down into the locker room, and it's – it, dude, it's so cool. It is so cool. I had no idea that, that, was, that you could do that. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, Hickory High School is not a real place. It's actually after a school called Milan High School – um, but it's a town like called Knights Town, uh, Indiana. That's about 45 minutes east of Indianapolis. And oh man, so I mean, but it's it's exactly how you saw it. I mean, exactly how you saw it in the movie. And it, it it's just really really cool. It, it's a neat thing. So that was one of the highlights of this past weekend. Got to take some of the players to see that. Um, you know, for me growing up, you know, Hoosiers is one of the all time greatest movies ever. So it was it was really neat. So. But, yeah, I mean, everything from, you know, coaching middle school basketball. When I got out of college, I, I got to coach sixth grade. also got to help out with uh, high school basketball at BGA. Uh, and then had to stop that because I started coaching the greatest basketball team in the history of basketball, and that is the Extra Crispy uh, basketball team. And uh, got, to, got to see you, Ace, at a lot of tournaments. Loved watching your team play, man. Y'all were – and because, again, there was no real – shoe circuit deals were just starting and, and you guys were an independent and dude, y'all used to whoop tail and, and so did, so did extra crispy and a um, bunch of really I played golf with extra crispy's uh, best player, Andy Shumper this weekend. Did you really? The mannequin. We called him the mannequin. Y'all called him the mannequin. <laughs> we called him the mannequin because it didn't matter what happened is, uh, you know, and, and Andy, you know, obviously this guy's over in Tokyo, doing the Olympics and just got done being in the NBA finals, but Shumpert, I guarded uh, Devin Booker, the best I've ever seen anybody guard him. Um, and uh, so that was one of the main things up in Indianapolis. We got to play Devin Booker and uh, his team out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and, and they were nasty and uh, Shump did a great job on him. So we also had an infamous time where we flew Shump in in the middle of the night because we, we needed a player. Somebody got hurt. And Coach Rip Johnson and I stayed up till midnight, got shumpered on like a 5 a.m. flight, and he came to our 8 o'clock game in Louisville, Kentucky, to play in the semifinals game because we had like two guys get hurt and needed somebody. So we flew in shumpered in the middle of the night to play. So <laughs> we, got, we got some great, great travel season. And that's what people need to – we should write a book about all the stuff we've seen um, – during AAU tournaments. It, it's wild. I actually had a, had a fight break out this past weekend in Indianapolis on the court behind us. And we actually, in the middle of our game, had to like leave our bench because the fight was coming behind us. 
And um, <laughs> yeah, so I got like a video and I'm like videoing as I'm running and uh, oh yeah. And the, and the ref, the ref tackled, I don't know if it was a parent or a coach, but tackled this dude and had him down before until other guys came. And, uh, but I was like, I'm out of here. I'm not getting anywhere near that. So got to love it, baby. I think that's probably a pretty smart decision. Um, all right. So what went into your desire to start playing basketball? What made you really fall in love with the game? Is there a specific moment? I don't think so. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, in the early nineties, um, just loving Michael Jordan and, and loving sports, all sports. And then that's the great thing about being a, a young kid is just, you know, all that sports teaches you. And we were fortunate to have a, a dad that loved basketball and, and, and taught us the game of basketball. And so I loved everything about it from, you know, I got to be a Vanderbilt ball boy and, and actually was on ESPN getting trucked by uh, Nazi Muhammad and Kentucky Wildcats. I was underneath the goal and the loose ball came and Nazi Muhammad knocked me out and they gave me a standing ovation. So everything from watching the game, studying the games, I loved Hoosiers and blue chips. And then later on he got game and uh, to playing, and then you know, uh, the biggest thing is 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 coaching because you know you really get to impact and change people's lives. I mean, I I was thinking about it the other day. I mean, you know, and, and there's a lot of great guys that have been on this podcast that have been coaching um, for years and decades. And you know, like this past year due to the COVID, I actually coached six teams. I had uh, three school teams and three uh, rec teams at the same time. It about killed me. But holy cow. Yeah, I mean, 10 how do you each, manage all I mean, that? I'm sorry. How do you manage all that? You have practices weekend. I mean, really, I was doing it. I was doing it seven days a week, and um, you know, it, it, it's tough and it's it's a sacrifice on the family and and all that. But for me, it's something that I love doing because, like I said, basketball is a great thing that teaches you about life and just competing. You know, in life, you're gonna compete. Uh, nothing's ever given to you and, and, and but also it teaches you about being a good teammate and and losing with respect and treating others with respect and so it's um but yeah coaching six teams was crazy but again you know there's a great great quote that talks about a coach will impact more people in a year than most people do in a lifetime and um and so it's just it, it, it's a huge honor it's a huge honor that parents trust you with their young people and and all that. And so, I mean, you guys ought to take it. It's, it's a huge honor and you guys are doing it at the highest level. And so it's just, it's, it's really neat. And that's, what's been neat for me is started coaching in 2009. And so now I got these guys that come back and tell me stories and, and, you know, about what they remember, but then also like what they learned and, you know, getting sentimental, but it's, you know, not about the wins and losses. They just talk about the stuff, the life lessons that they learned. And so, kudos to all those people that are doing that. And, you know, kudos to, like I said, travel season ended that their people spent time away from their families and spent times away from their friends and, and all that. And they're in a gym, you know, hundreds of miles away with these young people that, you know, that they're, they're showing them life lessons through the game of basketball. So it's a great thing. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how your perspective has changed, I guess, since you started coaching right as you were out of college to how you were coaching now, um, whether that is a more of a life perspective or X's and O's. <laughs> the biggest thing, I was actually talking about this with Aaron Morrison, who coaches a, a 17U travel team and is the head coach of Middle Tennessee Christian School in his first year 
And uh, I said, man, the more I coach, the more I realize it ain't about X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy and the Joes. And uh, <laughs> that's been the biggest thing because, you know, I, again, I've coached everything from fifth grade through high school. And man, fifth grade, I can have the greatest play, call a timeout, all right, you go here, you go here, you go here. And all of a sudden you look up and the kid goes and scores on the wrong end and you're like, well, crud. Um, <laughs> so it, it ain't about the Jimmy, it ain't about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy and the Joes and uh, letting them play. I'm, I'm one that, you know, I grew up with a, you know, legendary coach at BGA, Gary Smith, and we ran spots as we call it, the flex offense and, you know, very regimented and all that stuff. And then, uh, where now I'm a like, Hey, let's let the players play and, you know, let them get downhill, set a screen and, and let them go to work. And, but, but again, at the end of the day, basketball, as I told somebody, basketball is a really hard game if you can't shoot the basketball. And so mm. it's more about for me, what I've really transitioned from is like trying to teach all these plays and doing all that stuff to developing skill development and practice and doing a bunch of skill development and then applying that to the games and letting them play as well as when you're coaching younger kids, you know, travel ball this past season, I had eight guys, nine guys from eight different schools. And so they're not all going to, none of them are going to run the same offense. So it's, it's wasting time teaching them how to do stuff. But instead I want to teach them like, Hey guys, like the guys over the read line, go back door or like, Hey, like, you know, you got guys got to learn how to be help side and help the helper and rotate take a charge, which nobody wants to take a charge anymore, but that's still, that's something we're learning. So I'd say more than anything, just learning how the game has changed and how I used to be a, you know, get twos or whatever jump shots where now it's, Hey, I tell my guys all the time, I want nothing but layups and threes. I want layups and catch, shoot, catch and shoot threes. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's changed a lot for me too. And it's just been interesting to see how the game has changed uh, in the past couple of years, it, it, it's amazing. So, yeah. Um, okay. So you briefly hinted on skill development in the summer and I wanted to kind of go back on that and specifically talk about what you used to always tell me um, for the people that obviously we mentioned that you are my older brother, but you helped me tremendously in basketball. So um, although I would never have given you the credit back then, at least to your face, just to other people. So um but what I was going to ask you is when it came to just the fundamentals and preaching the fundamentals, not, not getting caught up in all the hoopla and everything else, you were very big on that. And you would tell me that and whether you thought I was listening to you, I was always listening to you. And so I think one of the biggest things you ever taught me was to become a leader. And what does that look like? And how do you, how does that act like? And so my question is, is what is the importance of having a mentor in your life um, that holds you accountable and doesn't just tell you what you want to hear. Absolutely. I mean, a mentor is huge, whether it's on the basketball court, the playing fields in life and business. Um, it, it, it means everything to have a mentor, to have a network. I mean, as you know, it's not in life. It's not necessarily what you know, it's who, you know, uh, when it comes to business and learning stuff, having a mentor is having somebody just a couple of years older than you or many years older than you that has gone through that same path. And so it's, but you got, and most mentors, when you, you know, dig a layer, they're going to tell you all the good things, but then they're also going to say like, Hey man, if I could do it over again, I would have changed this. I would, uh, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, like, and, and that's something I try to tell somebody 
you know, with the students, you know, being the director of alumni and talking to young alums is like, man, you're going to fail. And I tell my, I tell my kids this all the time with my players. I said, I want you to fail. You know, it's that whole, you know, the acronym first attempt in learning. And I want you to fail and I want you to fail often. I want you to fail hard and I want you to fail fast because I think that you're going to learn the most by failing. And I think a mentor can really help say like, Hey man, it's okay to fail. And, and by the way, I've been there a couple of years ago and I failed and I failed and I failed. You know, there's that famous Michael Jordan quote about, you know, the reason why I succeed is because he failed over and over again. And that's why he was able to succeed. And that's what a lot of kids, they don't see that because it's not on social media and it's not posted and you're not seeing the failures and the hours in the gym and how many times they can't dribble with their weak hand and all that. All you see is the accolades and the trophies and all that. And so having a mentor there that can be like, okay, this is what you specifically need to work on. And then when you do need somebody to talk to and be like, man, I, you know, I have one player who has the biggest ceiling in the world on my travel team. And every time he comes off the court, he goes, man, I stink. This stinks. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm sorry, coach. I'm so, I'm like, dude, the reason why you're doing so well in your school ball is because every weekend we're going and playing the best kids out of Atlanta because we're going to play the best kids out of Chicago because we're going to play the best kids out of wherever. And that's why you're coming back to, to Nashville and you're having a phenomenal, I mean, he averaged 20, 20 points and 10 rebounds a game. And it's because he's up in the bar. And so again, it's just having somebody that's level headed that will help teach you, uh, you know, how to deal with the wins and how to deal with the losses. Um, That's crazy. Sam, I'm going to circle back around real quick to what we were talking about uh, with Andy a second ago. Coach King once coined uh, his nickname as the galloping ghost. Um, so I thought, <laughs> I thought that the galloping ghost. How great is that? Perfect. Coach King. Coach um, King. Hey, man. you mentioned, you mentioned uh, high school a little bit ago. I know you have some incredible high school basketball stories uh, that we've talked about and Nate's brought up. I want you to talk a little bit about your high school experience at, at uh, Battleground Academy. Yeah, man, I was, I was very fortunate as all my brothers and I were to go to BGA and um, we had a, a legendary coach, Gary Smith, that, that I got to play for and um, it was towards the tail end of his career. So it was, it was interesting seeing that and then going back and Nathan played for a different coach and uh, Lynn McNatt and who I consider one of my dear best friends and one of the best coaches in the state. Um, but, you know, BGA – we had a, a couple different, uh, you know, 500 years, freshman, sophomore. And again, I never even sniffed the court. In fact, one of the greatest stories, and, and this is awful, and I hope nobody does this, uh, was we're playing Columbia Central my freshman year, and I got to dress the very first. Have you heard this story, Asa? No, but just the way you prefaced it was hilarious. So I can't yeah. wait for it. So freshman year, first home game, playing Columbia Central, and, you know, they're, they're phenomenal. They got a guy named Waddell Williams that went on and played. They got another guy, ended up going to high point, scored like 40 points against North Carolina one night. Uh, Joey Knight was his name. And they're playing bombs over Baghdad uh, by Outcast blasting over the speakers. And, hey, Sam, Sam, you're going to lead us out. You're going to lead us out on the court. Like, let's go. And I'm, like, jacked up. I'm like, yes, let's go. I'm a freshman. Like, look at me. All the girls are going to see me running out. This is going to be great. So we go running out. And your cheerleaders start like, you know, fire up, whatever. I go running out. I go out to half court. I make the turn and I turn around and I'm the only one that ran out. All everybody else, they let, they were standing in the hallway and 
told me to go out. And so what I do, I just turn around, went down, shot a layup, got my own rebound. Like, and everybody thought it was funny because I was just like, whatever. That, shot that, layup. That's what you would have to that's do. The greatest, that's the greatest thing you could do. Because yeah. you can't it's act so embarrassed. You have to just play it It was so funny. And uh, I got back at some of the seniors later. and I, I don't know if they knew it was me or not. But, yeah, I, I mean, that was my very first high school game as a freshman. I go run out in the pack gym and like, they're like, who is this little dude that's walking out here? Probably my stuff was hanging off me. And, and I just went and shot my layup. I hope I made it. I can't remember if I made it or not. Oh, I, pro I probably missed it. I probably you should have just went up and then went back to the left side, just did it again. And then back to the right. Just that's no, I, got, I had to get my, I had to get my own rebound. And then I just sort of like dribbled back and then they came running out and they were all laughing. I was like, great. But, um, Hey, like coach Belcher was talking about, Hey, you got your points per game up real quick. Right there, your pregame points per game. You know, and then later that year, I got to play Franklin High School, which is another huge rival, and their star player. I got in at the final, and he was quick as a cat. And on this, they were killing us. And late in the game, they, I got in, and he drove by me. I fouled him. They take it sidelines out of bounds. He went by me again. I couldn't stay anywhere near him. Fouled him again, and uh, like, and he looked at me and goes, "Dude, if you don't get your hands off me, I'm gonna." find you in the parking lot and I was like oh my gosh like here I was I mean he was you know a senior I'm a freshman I'm like oh I'm hosed like <sighs> and so I didn't touch him I, I literally went and found somebody else to uh, guard that so did you guys ever play BA I'm sorry I, I gotta interrupt did you guys ever play BA we did play Brentwood Academy um my senior year it was it was it was great they uh we played them First time at BGA and we old Jojo McKnight banked in a three at the at like the buzzer to tie it up and we later won in overtime. Um, they had Brandon Wright, Josh Bone, uh, you know, they had a bunch of guys. Darren Mustin who went on and played linebacker at Alabama. Brandon Brown was on they had a Brandon Brian, Brown went to Lipscomb, Brian Wright too. But I think yeah. Oh dude, they had Everybody. at the time they had um Oh, Stalling, Stallings was there, wasn't he? Wasn't uh, Kevin Stallings Jacob, on there? Jacob was like a freshman, but they had a guy named Bruce Little who went on and played DB at Virginia Tech. Um, and they also had Chris Slay, Ron Slay's little brother. Uh, but one of the biggest freak of nature, I can't think of what is um, – Who was their Barry, foreman? Barry Turner. That's who it was, yeah. Barry Turner went on to Nebraska as a defensive end. Like, these dudes were oh. studs studs and so and but we were fortunate enough we had a great we had a great team and i mean we we really did and it was a lot of fun and uh played the right way and so we upset them and then what was really neat was the second game they moved our game to belmont university because there was so much anticipation and they like sold out at ba so they moved it to belmont we got to play there and then we got to have the region championship we beat them at belmont and played them the third time in the region championship at bga and they brought in bleachers in the end zones and like it, it was the coolest thing ever. I don't know if Nathan has any memories of that game or not, but like they roped us off to get us on the, on the court. And then they like, it shut in. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was wild. I mean, I, I wasn't very old at that time, but I, I do remember going to the game and you know, one of the biggest highlights was um, Chase Carter. Um, Chase, do you know Chase Asa? I, uh, no, I'm not familiar with Chase. I don't think. Okay, so Chase went to Centennial, played baseball with me growing up, was one of my best friends growing up. Um, so we are sitting on the front row, and BA, BGA comes out, BA comes out, and they're going through layup lines, and Chase is standing there with his hand out, and Brandon gives him a high five, Brandon Wright. 
And he goes, I'm never washing my hand. <laughs> and I really don't think he, he washed his hand for like a whole week. Like, <laughs> but no, th- those games were crazy. And I, I do remember that uh, Brandon didn't like his trophy so much after that game. Yeah, we, uh, we found – We can ask Brandon about what it. What happened? We, uh, I don't know if it's as much as Brandon as it was their, their coach. Um, so we, we won the region championship. We beat them for the third time at BGA. And that next Monday morning, our PE teacher goes into the visitor's locker room, which is, our, I guess, our PE locker room, and uh, found the uh, regional runners-up trophy in the trash in the uh, in the, in the locker room. <laughs> So no, here's the best part. The best. Part I want to call is, him right uh, now and ask him about that. <laughs> the best part. I bet he probably doesn't know it. I mean, again, here's the best part. Our coach Gary Smith went and took the trophy and put it up in our trophy case right next to the region championship one, and we're like, "Why would oh. you do that?" Like, you know. But he, uh, we had it there, and they they came and got it a couple of days or weeks later. So, but yeah, they have legendary coach George Pitts. Um, you know, was at King and and was at Science Hill before BA and. You know, that was just – it was just awesome because we knew all the BA guys um, that didn't play anymore. But, like, you know, it, back then, like, Nashville, you knew everybody. Like, you knew everybody. And so, like, you know, your, your, your buddies that were, were from BA were in the stands watching. And then, you know, we, we hung out with some girls from BA, and they were in the stands watching. And you had the girls from BJ and all that stuff. So, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. As you know, got to see you guys when you were still at BA, and then later at Brentwood, watching you guys battle it out. Um, but I did not have a historic shot like like you did in the glass house, man. <laughs> well, just just in case Brandon is watching, they did end up winning the, uh, the state championship. So I guess getting rid of that trophy was worth it because they got a glass ball or a golden ball. So I'm um, sorry to thanks. Sorry to still bring that up all this time later, but. <laughs> My junior year, my junior year, I lost to Mark Gasol in uh, uh, in Lausanne, and uh, they also had Jerry West's son, um, who I can't think of what his what his name was, but I mean that team was loaded too. So I mean there was it's, it's funny because the talent in Tennessee continues to go and go, but then when you look at it, you're like, you know, one year you get put out by Mark Gasol and Jerry West's son, the next year, you know, we didn't we lost in the state championship or state tournament to. Uh, Christian brothers, but like, you know, then you're talking about Brandon Wright and all those guys and some of the guys I got to play with like Mario Moore and uh, growing up at the Concord YMCA and all that. So it was, it was always really neat. Basketball in Nashville was, was really great time. So, yeah. Um, Hey, I, I kind of want to ask you all this um, before we wrap up here in a little bit. What, so I don't, I don't have a brother. I don't have a brother. I don't have that kind of relationship. Kind of can both of y'all tell me kind of how each of you has pushed each other on your basketball journeys? I guess kind of what it's mean, you know, obviously uh, Sam, Nate going to BGA as well and winning a state championship, capping off his, his senior season at BGA at Lipscomb where he ends up going. You're in Nashville. You get to stay and watch him play. Kind of I just – either of y'all can take this however y'all want. I just kind of want to know what y'all's basket, basketball journey has meant for each other. Yeah. Well, first, first, you know, this is always a debate, and Nathan probably knows where I'm going with this, is I always said my team would beat his team. Yeah. And he says he won a state championship, but I said, hey, we played in the upper division. Uh, and, and so it was, always, it was always a huge debate. So we'll leave that for it's, another It's time. not even a debate. So. <laughs> we would have lost. And this is why I say it's not a debate, because we did not – lose to a single team in the upper division and the team that won the state championship in the upper division, we won by 20 that year. So, I mean, 
if you want to try to make it a debate, you can, but it wouldn't be a very good one. Would you have beaten Brandon Wright in VA three times? We would have beaten him in the state championship. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe not who knows <laughs> it um because y'all it, i mean those were two of the best teams that bga had in the like in the 20 years in that 20 year span when bga hadn't won a state championship like luck i mean fortunate enough sam and i got to play with some really good players as well so we got to play um on probably two of the best teams during that time yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely but um I'll, I'll go ahead and take it for a second um going off of um your question asa um did you, were you asking, um, just like refresh me. It was, well, um, I kind of, well, so, so here's where that question came from. I wanted to ask Sam kind of what it meant to watch you like grow up and then, you know, win a championship at BGA. I didn't want to make a, you know, bring up a sore subject. I really wasn't trying to, but I then So that's when I thought, <laughs> like, a, I'm like, I was like, that's a lame question. I don't want to just straight up. Ask no, it's a great, I, 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 you know, I want to know what I seriously, I want to know kind of just what y'all have meant to each other on y'all's basketball. It's team. a, it's a great like, question. And because I, I got to experience, you know, and I use it literally every day that I'm coaching these young people now is I use Nathan as my example mm-hmm. is you've got Nathan um, who did nothing but worked his tail off. I mean, from, you know, having knee surgery and not playing in middle school because of a knee surgery to literally saying, I'm going to get up every morning before school and I'm going to shoot for an hour and do some dribbling drills for an hour. And then afterwards, I mean, dude, I took him, like we had some infamous games where I was telling people this weekend where we went to Hinkle Fieldhouse and, and we got to shoot basketball at Hinkle Fieldhouse with the Butler basketball team. And, uh, and then we, and this was like a year after their championship run, wasn't it? Yeah, it was after they lost to Duke. And, uh, and you remember we got to go with that, uh, Rodney Clark came in late, the, yeah. the point guard and we did shooting drills with Rodney Clark in the middle of the night in Hinkle Fieldhouse. And then we went to, you know, Nathan also played in eighth grade. He got to play against Tim Tebow and a bunch of guys that we used to play ball with. And that's, and, and Nathan played with against the Tennessee basketball team when he was, what, in middle school when it was like J.P. Prince. Yeah, that's when J- – uh, I've been dunked on once, Asa. It was by J.P. Prince <laughs> in eighth grade. Cool. That's okay, though. It was nasty. It about ended his life. But anyways, it was middle school. <laughs> I didn't matter. Should, have, should have taken a charge, sissy. Well, I, I went and it was late, and then I ducked, <laughs> and he like need my legs so hard. I was like trying to play it cool because it was like JP Pritz, but I, I was in pain. But anyway, but I think for me again, this that was my only seeing somebody that walked the walk. I mean, got up every single day and worked his tail off in and did his individual workouts would be in the weight room every day. And then at night we'd go find a basketball game. And again, I tell my kids all the time, the only way you really gonna get better is you need to go play against bigger, faster, stronger players. And I had Nathan, you know, going against guys. Nathan was coming with me and playing guys that were 10, 15 years older that he was just getting the crap kicked out of him. But he came back the next day and he came back the next day and he came back the next day. So like, such a huge, just so, so proud of him and just a huge big brother moment to see him, you know, again, his senior year, ultimate success story was told like, Hey man, you're pinned. You're, you're a little point guard and you're a maybe D three player. And Nathan was like, no, man, I'm, I'm going D one. And again, I'm willing to say like, Hey, if you can play basketball at any level in college, like you, you've got to be really, really good. And that's something a lot of young people don't understand is like, 
you play D3, you better be really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so Nathan, you know, just how he was able to, to walk on and, you know, earn a scholarship and earn playing time and play, you know, on, you know, I know Lipscomb has a great tradition of basketball and I'm biased because you guys were there, but I mean, you guys were on some of the best Lipscomb teams, you know, in the history of, of, of that school and, and, and what y'all did and how y'all, you know, it's sort of funny cause I was at Lipscomb working at the time and I was there a year before Casey came uh, right around that time and to watch how the culture changed. And so that's another thing that I, I learned in, um, you know, going back to what you learned in basketball is like, you know, and I think actually I was listening to Lenny Acuff's podcast actually this weekend, riding up to India and he talked about like, you know, changing the culture and that's what you, you know, watching what Casey Alexander and the staff did that changed the culture and, and, and getting rid of, you know, the cancer and, 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 and changing that culture to a winning program. It, it, it was phenomenal. And so watching you guys, you know, go against the top teams in the country and, and succeeding and beating and, and then, you know, it all ending, you know, I said, you, you graduated a year before, but Nathan, you know, to end at Madison square garden, you right. know, to beat Wichita state before that winning at NC state. And I was like, you know, people were like, Oh man, are you gone? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like where else would I be? And so to play in Madison square garden as your last collegiate basketball game, like, yeah, dude, that's it's unbelievable. Awesome. It's awesome. But again, at the end of the day, basketball is such a great, tool for life lessons that like I tell my players this all the time I said the ball stops bouncing at some time for me it was high school you know other guys it's college other guys they get to go play professionally but that it's, ball it, stops bouncing it stops yeah. bouncing it stopped and you know you unfortunately no matter how inflated no matter how inflated that's <laughs> right and I think it stopped bouncing before you even started bouncing for me but like you know it's what you're <laughs> learning you know flat during ball. this time so <laughs> what'd you say I said flat ball I, 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 yeah. Hey, that helps shooters. Shooters. Touch. Honestly, you uh, might have, you might have the most solid pumped up ball. Cause I mean, you still play to this day, but um, yeah, Asa, I'm going to, I'm going to say this from my perspective and what Sam did for me is Sam didn't really let me get away with too much. Like Sam was going to call me out on it. He was going to be honest with me and like brothers, we were going to argue about it and we'd be mad at each other for a second and then it would just be over and we'd just move past it. I remember one time. He got me kicked off the bench his very first game of high school. The kid scored 27 or 29 points at Centennial's first game. I'm on that. the bench. I'm on the bench, and I just try to tell him, like, we were in, like, a 2-3 zone, and I told him one thing. Nathan flips out. Next thing you know, Lynn McNatt grabs me and is like, dude, you got to go, like, in the middle. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thanks. I never man. knew that. I never knew that. Yeah, you didn't want to say it. But you did. <laughs> Honestly, I, I barely remember it, but yeah, I mean, and, and hey, in, I think, twenty-nine as a freshman on Centennial, and I don't—I think it was the best game he ever had, scoring-wise, in the history of his thing. And then you know he gets rid of me, and you know what could have been, what <laughs> could have been, yeah. But I mean, I—I I think this is important for people to know that are listening to this podcast about Sam and the type of person that you probably want to be as well. Is Sam is the guy that does things that doesn't want credit and even as a brother and he does this for people all the time and they probably don't even recognize it. And if they do, um, Sam's just not going to talk about it. And that, and I've, and I've told this story to a thousand and two people, but, um, one time when Sam, so I was, um, I finished playing college basketball or I finished my senior year. I was applying for the master's program at Lipscomb and I go into, um, 
I go, I said, Hey Sam, like, could you help me with my resume? And he said, yeah, sure. Just come over and I, and I can sit you down and help you with it. So i would go over there and he's like, here, well, here's the resume I made for you in high school. And I'm like, why'd you make a resume for me in high school? Like, <laughs> but, but that's just who Sam was. And, yeah. and then he accidentally clicked on another tab, like his other folder and tried to like click off it really fast. And I said, no, what was that? Something else. And it was like 300 and like however many schools are in division one college basketball, like 340 schools or whatever, 330 schools. And he had emailed every single one. Like he had made a contact list for every single one. And I can, I can guarantee you there's no other person in the country that's doing stuff like that. If, yeah. Thank goodness. Social media was not huge back then because Sam would have been <laughs> all over it. And I'd been like, dude, Sam, like calm down. But, but that's the kind of guy, but like, he's the kind of guy that'll do things and not ask for a lick of credit. And sometimes he, he needs to, he needs to ask for a little credit, but Sam, I'm, I'm super appreciative for you. I'm, I'm nowhere close to the basketball player. I am um, today without you. And, um, I guess I'm still probably not coaching basketball if it's not for you. So I appreciate you. But um, wow. Ace, are you ready for a little rapid fire? Yeah, man, let's do it. I appreciate oh, y'all answering. Hey, I'm going to spin it on y'all too. I got rapid fire for you guys too. So, <laughs> All right. Oh, well, gosh. I, okay. I got, I got questions because I, I've got a lot of people oh. out of the and stuff. So it ain't right. too bad. Okay, here we go. Um, all right, Sam, last technical. Honestly, I've never had a technical. Never? Never. I've gotten, I've gotten very, very close, but well, I, we just, we never had a technical, but we just found out you have been kicked out of a game. Well, yeah, by the <laughs> coach. I mean, he told me to get lost. Um, no, I never, I never got a technical, but then I guess that also helps when I run all these leagues and run all this stuff, I get to know the referees and they're some of my best friends. So, That's you know, great. again, at the end of the day, referees are people too. And so you got to be able to approach them. And so, you know, there, there's some bad ones out there, but you know, I always make sure I, I, there's two things I always do is I always make sure my guys clean the bench and I always make sure win or loss, my guys always go thank the referees. You always go thank the referees because what was awesome was actually in Indianapolis, we had the same referees three games. And guess who got the majority of the calls after we thanked them the first night? We did. And so if you thank the referees, tell your players, tell them thank you, clean up the bench, all Just that. Be respectful. Good things happen. Good things happen. All right. Uh, have you ever done the basketball on a 10-foot rim? No. No. I'll answer that one. No. Not a nine foot rim. All right, Sam. I wish I could dunk on a nine foot rim. <laughs> All right, you're up three at the end, at the end of a game. Do you foul or let it? Uh, do you foul or let it play out? I, I'm a big foul. Um, obviously, it depends on what age you're coaching and what you got to know your team and the situation. But the majority of the time, I'm I am fouling and uh, boxing out. So yeah. Um, all right. Uh, leave your best player in with two fouls in the first half. Uh, I am usually for in school ball where there's five fouls. I'm probably taking him out. I'm probably taking him out. Even okay. if it's the state championship, you guys are down eight and it's about to run away from you. Oh, then no. Yeah. I'm leaving. So it's in. situational. It is situation because if you're you gotta you gotta be able to read it because you're thinking well oh man I can save them and we can be down by twenty at the time well you know but if you're mm -hmm. if you're down and, and all that uh, you gotta leave them in and, and you know if it's your best player you gotta hopefully he's he's level headed and and you know maybe you play a zone maybe you change to a zone maybe you do something to protect him mm. but um, it's all situational it's all situational and, and it's just re I told my guys this weekend you gotta know your environment you gotta know that. You know, in a game this weekend, we were up by 25 and we were just getting hacked and my dudes were complaining. And one of my kids got taken for yelling at the ref. And I said, buddy, we're up 25. 
these dudes want to go home. We're not going to get a call. And the kid was like, oh, yeah, that's, I guess that's right. And so, you know, yeah, read, read, the, read the environment. So, um, Go for the tire, go for the win. Uh, situational, but I'm probably going to go. If I'm in an AAU game, I'm going for the win. If I'm school ball, I'm going for the tie. Okay, I like it. Okay. I like that answer. Uh, casual or professional on the sidelines? Oof. Casual. Yeah. Casual, because I got to be able to get down in a defensive stance. I've been told that I'm like a sixth <laughs> man on the sideline. I can't sit down. I'm very loud. And so, like, if they come over, I'm, I'm waving my hands, yelling, trap, trap, trap. So, I, I try to freak them out. So, I got to be able to get in a stance or else I'd probably tear my pants. I don't know. I kind of like the idea, Asa, of him being professional on an AAU sideline. Yeah, I know. We don't see that often. Maybe you should switch it up. As a never. Uh, I've never do, seen it. Do either one of y'all ever check out AAU bingo? No, but no. that sounds interesting. That, that sounds hilarious. Asa, it'll change your world. Go go right after this. Look at AAU bingo on Is Twitter. It, they, on they took it down because – of us but it, it basically shows everything that happens at aau tournaments with coaches wearing backpacks and jerseys and coaches being you know all different stuff so it's uh, aau bingo i highly highly suggest it so i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at it right now that, oh, oh my, all right, i'm hitting the follow button nathan on our mind of a coach page um uh okay get a, uh, get a twitter account Asa. I, hey <laughs> Hey, hold on, hold on. we're not done. We're not done. Yeah, we're not done, Sam. Early morning practice or evening or night practice? Early morning practice. That, that way they can't stay out the night before and get in there, get it done, and get on with it. So, All right. So if you were not running programs, coaching basketball, what would you want to be doing? Outside of the world of basketball, what would you want to be doing? Oh, man. I, 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 I'm very – and I haven't gotten to my favorite team that I coach, but – Helping nonprofits, um, I love being involved in nonprofits and doing that. But I, I coach a Special Olympics basketball team. My favorite—that's my absolute favorite team I've ever coached. Um, and but I probably love to be in real estate. I, I love real estate and uh, I'm fascinated, especially what's going on in the city of Nashville. It's it's crazy. But I probably do some in real estate and then also work with a bunch of nonprofits. Um, what's your handicap in golf? I don't play golf. Oh, dude. You haven't joined Nate yet? Dude, we I, played Lawrence I, and Hilton Head. We did play. Uh, no, played actually, you know what? I played with Shannon. You played with Hasty, but you did play right. once. Yeah. I played on some great golf courses for being – in one year I got to play on, like, I hit a ball on Pebble Beach. We got to play in, in Maui, and there was somewhere else that I got to play, like, um, like the honors course. And somebody was like, oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. I was like, yeah, I just – I hit one ball at each place, and that way I could say I hit a hit a golf ball <laughs> on both courses. But I am atrocious at golf, and um, yeah. So I okay. and that man, I, I'm good for about three holes, and then after that, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I've lost all my I've lost all my golf balls. I'm t I'm ticked. I'm done. My fault. Should every team make the conference tournament? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Why not? You shouldn't make it that, – that's what makes each game of the regular season fun. And then, you know, you have teams like, you know, Belmont or somebody that, um, you know, again, yes, you're doing the regular season to build, um, you know, for that seed. But I, I just think some of these teams, like, man, put them out of their misery. Like, they don't want to be there. They're done. 
you know, some of the teams that y'all played, like it was just a waste of time and you got somebody that might get hurt and you'd be like, Oh, well, you know, the Cinderella season, they might turn around. Well, guess what? They had the whole season that they could have done something. They, they, you know, whatever. But I got a question. What do y'all think of that? Go ahead, Ace. I know my answer. <clears throat> I, I'm, not I'm, a okay. I'm not a go ahead. I'm okay with all teams making the conference tournament, but I, I I like the top two seeds, you know, getting a double buy or depending on how many teams are in the conference. I'm I'm okay with all teams making the conference tournament. I'm not a one size fits all for college basketball. Like I think like an OVC, then not every team should make the tournament. Um, I think for the SEC, every single team should make the tournament and they should keep their format. And the reason I think that is because it doesn't matter as much for power five teams. If they lose their first game, if they're a three seed and they lose their first game, they might go down one seed in the NCAA tournament, but it's not going to be drastic. However, if we, if Tennessee state earns a one seed and they're 25 and eight and they lose their first game, they're out. So I, th- I think um, it's not a one size fits all. I, I agree with that, Asa. I mean, I think, I think power fives like, yeah, I mean, it's a money-making thing. It's a great for whatever city. Like when it's in Nashville, the SEC tournament's the coolest thing ever. And like you said, you get the double buy. But like, you know, for the OVC, A-Sun, all that stuff where if you lose, you know, like a Belmont did or, you know, like a Murray State, they lose or like TSU's having a fantastic season. And let's say all of a sudden you're playing in a game and somebody gets hurt and all of a sudden you go out, you know, it's mm-hmm. – that's just that's tough yeah. so yeah i'm not saying i'm not i'm not sitting here saying i wish the ovc would do that i'm just saying i'm okay you know with the, with all teams making it but nate i thought i thought you hit the nail on the head on that one yeah i mean it's just it's just not the same for every single conference but no. anyway um asa go ahead yeah last one sam hey lebron or jordan and why do you hate lebron so much <laughs> i ain't open my mouth I don't even know if I'm on my mouth. Or I guess um, after last week, LeBron, Jordan, or Bird. I guess that's the other one that's been added into this. I <laughs> Coach Bird. Bird. I, I love Michael Jordan. I mean, again, it's when you yeah. grew up. It's, it's, when you grew up. it's funny. So I did, a, I did a basketball camp. I did a basketball camp last week, and, and I've been doing some camps at BGA. And we have, we have our campus right after lunch. So one of the things we do is I don't want them to – to get sick right afterwards. So I'll make them go in and I make them watch Michael Jordan highlights. So I'm trying <laughs> to teach youth. Of, but I did one kid told me like he loved LeBron. So I, I did like a LeBron highlight. I, I got through about 30 seconds of it. And um, I, I'll say this. I love LeBron. You know, LeBron graduating in 03 from high school from St. Vincent, St. Mary's. I was class of 04. So one of the cool things we used to do at the basketball team, we actually did it at our house or at another buddy's house was we'd have LeBron James watch parties because his senior year, they had a bunch of his games were on TV, like when they played Oak Hill and all that. So I, I love LeBron, like all that stuff, the, the flopping, some of that stuff. I, the game's just changed. I just, man, you watch Jordan and you watch some of the stuff and the physicality and, you know, what he went through. I mean, again, they're oh all great guests. I know, I'm, dude, I know LeBron's 6'8", blah, 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 blah. But, dude – Dude, you see one highlight of some dude getting clocked from, like, 1995, and everybody thinks that, like, the whole game was just, you know, a slugfest. It's not the case. Dude, you weren't around, Asa. The bad boys. I can go back and watch games. I listen to people that were around, and, like, yeah, it wasn't always – it's, like, you you can't just put a three-minute highlight clip together of people just getting slugged and be like, this was the 90s. This was how bad it was all the time. (laughs) I mean, but, but like, the Bulls versus the Knicks or the Bulls versus the – 
you know, the Bulls versus Detroit and, well, and Boston, all those dudes. I mean. Well, well, the, it, well, the fact of the matter is this, Sam, is that he's not wrong, Asa. I mean, it's, it's because it's a more offensive-minded game in today's age. So they'll call you for touching somebody. Like, you touch somebody, except for in the NBA Finals, but, um, which is totally blast. It should be the exact same the entire, like, season. I, I think you sure. just let people guard. Like, yeah. if you put a hand on somebody and get it off, that's fine. Like, to me, like, let somebody touch. It would have helped me in college. Oh. I know that. Well, I wouldn't have drawn as many fouls. I, I drew a quite, quite a bit of fouls by somebody. But, but anyway, but I think it's just call it the same the whole season. It's, it's, it's crazy that all of a sudden they switch it up in the NBA Finals. But, however, I'm saying this, they – they have changed it because they think it helps ratings by having a more offensive-minded game, but nobody wants to watch free throws. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he scored 50 the, points. He shot 30 free throws. Like, my goodness. Well, but in the, in the games go so long because of all of the free throws and all of the fouls and the, and the whistles and all that. So, it's no, I mean, I, I like them all. I mean, again, I'm biased, but I think basketball players are the greatest athletes on, on the planet. I mean, for guys that are that big to run that fast, jump that high, stop on a dime. I mean, move uh, laterally. Yeah. Agile. It, oh, it's, it's insane. I mean, it, so I, I love all those dudes for different reasons. And, and like I said, I don't hate LeBron. Um, but I, I, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, huge Larry Bird, you know, uh, love. Uh, I mean, Magic Johnson. I mean, I loved all those dudes. Um, I just, I just think all those guys were, were awesome. And, and again, my favorite player might be Steve Nash. I mean, you know, growing up, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be Steve Nash from Santa Clara and and all that stuff because that's probably who I resembled the most. Except for I was quick, <laughs> I couldn't shoot, um, and I yeah, wasn't very faster. But other than that, I'm like him. So. <laughs> All right, hey, um, I have one quick question. I see you playing around with a G2 real quick. Um, what is your pin size? Like, are you a 0. .5, are you a 0. .7, are you a 1.0? What, what kind of guy are you? I'm a whatever is free and whatever I can find. So this was like right beside the desk, so this is what I so got. So what is it? It's a G2. No, what, is it a 0. .5, is it a 0. .5, 0. .7, 1.0, 0. .3, what is it? How do you know this? This is weird that you know this stuff. Asa, do you know this stuff? It's like a 0.5 or a 0.7. Hang on, where's this going, Nate? I'm just asking questions here. I mean, this determines on who the type of person you are. 0.7. You're 0.7? I mean, it says 07. I guess that's it. I've never looked at it. All right, hey, Sam, what what do you have for us? We have we have two to three minutes left. What do you Dude, have? Dude, I got so many. All right, so Asa, up three. You going to foul or are you going to defend? I err on the side of fouling, so I'm going to say fouling. Nate? Um, up three with how much – I mean, I'm all like – I have obviously situation. go into like, it. I'm, but I'm a fan of fouling. I've, I've final, been, final, final possession down seven. Do I have Eli Pepper I mean, and another Eli Pepper on my team? If so, I'm going to just foul and rebound. But if, if I have a 6-6 six, six squad, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to just – push them up on the line and make them shoot a two. Like that's probably what I'm going to do. Yeah. All right. What was your least favorite drill at Lipscomb? All right. I'll go first this time. Um, it was the flipping. So we ran four out one in and we always worked on skip passes and we always had to start and help side and then go close out on a skip pass. I, um, I, th I think it was a drill that was meant to fail you. So um, I failed numerous times and heard about it numerous times. Never, never once probably got that right unless I guessed correctly. So guarding a skip pass um, I'm still uh, still trying to figure that one out. 
Yeah, uh, one that sticks out to me was the one where we, oh man, where, sorry, where we, <laughs> my least favorite drill was the one where we went from the block to the elbow and then did a layup and then went from the other block to the elbow and then did a layup and had to do like, you know, we had 30 seconds and you had to, oh, that, I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was, I hated that drill. It was so tiring. <laughs> it, it's not even that it was tiring. I, it just made no sense to me. What's, what's Teaching the reaching out your dribbles. That's what I mean. I think just pushing it out. Using I, didn't understand. I didn't understand that drill at what's all. The, that was a waste of movement. All right. Hey, so you're first what's, this time. What's the, what's the best drill that you learned either at, uh, you know, Brentwood or Lipscomb or TSU or whatever? What's the best drill? Like if you're the head coach that you're like, hey, man, my first practice, I'm starting with this drill. I really like diamond defense, uh, defensive scoring. Uh, you have three out. You got a post player. Um, and it's, it's, it's quick. It's quick, right? So the guy – so um, – you know, you're starting off the possession. If, if, if you get a stop, whether the offense shoots a three or a two, you get, um, you know, you get those points at the defense. So you want to stay on defense. That's how, that's how you win the game. Um, you know, normally it's you, you, you have three or four teams. You're, it's a cutthroat type almost, you know, one possession each. And then as soon as you get a stop, well, then the offense can come on as soon as they want to and go. So defense has to be ready. I really like diamond defense. All right. Nate? I like five on five. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I know that sounds super simple, but I just think there's nothing better than legitimately getting in there and playing the type of basketball that you're going to be playing in a game. I think that's the most translatable thing. Now, obviously, there's breakdown drills that you go through all of it, but I think five on five is the most valuable. But honestly, Ace, I do that's love not that. a drill, Nathan. Yes, it is. Yes, five it is. on five is a drill. I mean, yeah, you you can rep it like a pick drill. Up is if we're playing pickup, is it a drill? I'm. This is in practice, Asa. <laughs> Do you think hey. do you do you play pickup the way you play it in practice in front of all your coaches? That is an no, absolute no. no. But I I, I don't no. think I'd count five on five, five half court. court. I mean, it is. And yes, I, I would probably agree with you. I love defensive scoring. Yeah, I like. What that. about what about do y'all ever do in practice? Do y'all ever play like three on three or five on five where you can't dribble? Um, no, I um, I'll go first. No, we have never done it with no dribbles. I mean, I remember doing that in high school. Um, maybe a dribble limit though. Maybe like two dribbles or one dribble or maybe on like one side of the court if it's like three on three. Um, that way you're working on just like – because basketball is broken up into two sides of the floor, truly. So like you're playing like two-man games and three-man games on whatever side of the floor you're kind of working on. So even if it was in our four-out-one-in Lipscomb offense, we had um, – if you caught it on the wing, everybody's moving away. So you're really working on a two-man game, but you got three men offside and you're bringing one back to the side. So it's never going to be four men on a side and one man on a side is what I'm trying to say. So – I, th I, I really like the idea of breaking down sides of the court. What about you, Asa? Well, um, uh, I completely just zoned out after listening to Nate's. What, what was the question? I was listening to his answer, but I forgot. How, the question. About the no dribble. Ever practiced with no dribble? And no, Nate, I feel like at, at, I know we did one dribble at Lipscomb sometimes. I maybe, want, maybe a couple times, no dribbles, um, but not often. Yeah, I, I don't think we did no dribbles very much, or if all. Probably can count them on one hand. All right, a couple more questions. What was the favorite gym you guys played in, whether it's high school, college, coaching? What, what's your favorite gym that you played or coached in? NC State. But that was we're, also the moment. We're considering everything then? Like, NC I mean, State. atmosphere? Uh, yeah, yeah, atmosphere. NC I mean, State, NIT, quarterfinal. Garrison Matthews has 44. Um, just goes nuts. Um, shout out me. I had two. I had a – I had a little bank shot where I didn't jump off an offensive rebound. 
Um, so that was a, uh, yeah, that w- but the atmosphere was absolutely nut. Kenny Cooper drives the length of the floor after they hit a shot over him. He's thinking, Oh my goodness, they just sprayed me for the win. Comes down, loses the ball, comes back over, hits a floater from the elbow, wins the game. So. And yeah. we go and Lipscomb goes to Madison square garden. Yeah. But I mean, being, being in the ace on championship game, um, my senior year, which turned out to be nature. Yeah, that that was – I didn't play. I was sitting – I mean, I, I can't sit here and tell y'all that, that – March Madness. No, Madness. that uh, that uh, the glass house in, uh, in – I can't sit here and tell y'all yeah. that was the – No, you got to say that. Yeah, All right, sure. I mean, that was that was probably the craziest environment that I've ever here, been a part here's, of. Here's an example I'd give both of y'all, and y'all tell me this. And, again, I, I – High school, yeah, college, the glam of college and all that. I mean, you guys had phenomenal careers, high school and college. But for me, you know, I still think playing with your buddies that you grew up with, some of your best friends that you grew up with in high school and going and beating, you know, the best team in the state and upsetting in front of all your family, your friends and all that stuff. Like, dude, high school basketball is just – there's nothing like – I mean, and I love high school football. I love all that. But packed houses and that high school basketball, like, dude, I mean, again, I didn't play college ball, but, I mean, high school basketball, I got some of the greatest memories with my best friends in the world, with my grandparents sitting in the front row. I know exactly where they sat with Nathan and Hasty being small, sitting there. Like, it was phenomenal. So you could say the glass house. Yeah. I mean, I, I was – honestly, man, it's it, – I should have answered it like this, like whichever gym I shot the best in. So, you know, probably, <laughs> probably sometime like during when I was playing with team Nashville or something. What about Asa? What about your favorite gym that you just like walked in? You were like, wow, yeah. this is awesome. Mm. I mean, Texas, Texas was, Texas really cool. got to be up there, right? Texas was, te- that was crazy. Texas, Texas yeah. was a humongous T- Tennessee dude, Thompson Bowling. It was cool to be in Thompson Bowling. I mean, that's yeah. an awesome arena. The Bethlehem of the States. Thompson Bowling was really cool to be in. Now, the only thing about being a mid-major and playing against a high major is normally you're playing those high majors when there's not a lot of students there. So that's the only thing. Like I didn't, you know, I never really had y'all playing NC State or anything like that. But um, I don't Dude, know. It's got to be. It's got to be March Madness or the NIT. Yeah, me. I mean, like those are got to be the two for me. Like, yeah. You play where the Hornets play, and then you play where the Knicks play. I mean, those got to be the top two. But but anyway, let's let's keep rolling. Yep. All right. So how many more we got? Just a couple. Hey, I'm 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 asking the questions here, Asa. You're on. Hey, uh, you're on the Sam Moran podcast. Yeah, right? you're on the Sam Moran podcast. Strap in and be quiet and just answer the questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, some girl wants to know if Asa's single. No, I'm joking. Um, anyways, uh, so obviously I go to these AAU tournaments all the time. As college coaches. What helps you separate as far as like, oh, this kid is, you know, built and, and does all this. What are all the little intangibles that you guys look for that, that help make a, a cut, you know, as you're going and, and looking at these kids in the gym, um, you know, and what are some good things and what are some bad things that you're like, yeah, man, I really like his game or, hey, man, he's an automatic this um, and move on. Nate is way more equipped to answer this question than I am. Yeah, but you're a basketball coach and you you see it too. So I want you I want your opinion too. Who's going first? Um, I'll go ahead and go. Um, so what are some positives and negatives, right? Like what's something good I look for, what's something bad I look for? Um, well, one, I try to not make an evaluation um, on the first time. That's something that I've been learning over the past couple to- uh, years is that I can make an evaluation the first time I see him and write somebody off and then 
go for 40 and be the best teammate in the world the next game. So, like, I mean, kids are kids. I do think we have to understand that. Um, I think we can rush to, like, oh, he's a bad kid. Like, no, maybe you just saw his worst self. Um, maybe he's not always like that because, gosh, if you took one game, if you saw the worst performance from me and I had a bad attitude one game, it's like I, I don't think I was normally like that. But, I mean, everybody's got a worse version of themselves. So just kind of keeping that on the table. But if I think if you want to stand out to a coach – you, yeah, like you said, you do, you do the little things right. Like, like, for instance, this this one kid this weekend, now he had decent size, but he was, he was probably 6'7", which obviously that, that stands out to you, right? But he was a rim grazer, like, and he was a wing. Like, as a wing, being a rim grazer and not being the most, like, laterally gifted, that's, not, uh, that's probably not someone that you're like, oh, wow, that just dr- jumps, up, jumps out on paper, even for, like, a Division II school. And, but I mean, but when I looked at him, he was super confident whenever he shot it, he had no hesitation in his shot. Now, did they all go in? No. But one of my favorite things was he was talking on defense. I mean, talking, I, I, I promise you, it's almost like you might as well just like listen to the benches because the benches only after a dunk or something, a big three or something like that are the only times I hear people talking and it, and it drives me nuts. If you are talking defensively, I, I get fired up. I get fired up. I'm like, okay. And it's not just pointless talk. It's not like hoorah, hoorah. It's like, I got gap. I got gap. I'm help. I'm help. Hey, watch your backside. Talking to somebody and just leading through that. So I I just think communication is going away. So I think somebody that's communicating and um, just leading, I I, I really look for leadership and not everybody has to have it because not, you just can't have a team of the same people, but that's something that stands out positively. And then obviously your skill set too. Can you, can you function without having to put the ball on the ground a bunch can you, how's your jump shot? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but that's probably my favorite that I look for. I would, I like, uh, the first things that popped in my, I, I like a talker. I need, I need my guys to be able to be able to talk. I don't, I don't, I don't like a quiet gym. I need, I need you to be able to talk. I need you to have some swag and I need mm-hmm. you to forget about a play is a good or a bad play. I need you to forget about that play immediately. I don't care what it is. I need you to, I need you to move on to the next thing. So I'm just going to give you three things. I'm, I need a talker. I need a kid with some swag, and I need you to forget about your mistakes at the drop of a dime. Yeah, awesome. I would even go. I would go for a fourth, Asa, and that is, I would love if there were just people in his corner, whether it's AU coach. I think AU coaches. I mean, I think we have to start giving respect to a lot of these AU coaches. I mean, are there some that are on a little bit on the loony side? Sure, but for the most part, I a truly lot of them do. Are doing, yep. They are doing a phenomenal job in taking many hours out of their lives and time away from their families to spend with these kids. And I think the most important thing is just to keep pouring into these kids and being very honest. And I can talk to an AU coach and be like, okay, this guy's not just trying to blow smoke, but it's not, it's not just smoke and mirrors. You know, it's, it's being very honest with these kids with love, like be honest, but love them. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that sometimes happens. I think that's why it's, it can sometimes be a victim stage that we've lived in and like, woe is me. This is me. Instead of like, like you said, just forget about it, work through your problem and fix it. So I'd say, uh, but, but my main thing is I, I like, I'll talk to an AU coach and I'll be like, this guy gets it. Like he's, he's probably, he's very honest with these kids and he's very honest with me on where they are. And it's like, this guy gets it. And then you'll hear another one that might, might talk somebody up like, no, they're going to Kentucky and they're a fringe division two school. It's like, just, just be honest with yourself, et cetera. But um, no, I think for the most part, dude, shout out college co- or high school coaches, 
shout out college coaches for all the work they've done this summer and shout out mainly to AAU coaches. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, last one and I'll leave you alone, Asa and Nathan, you get a chance to, obviously you guys were roommates in college. Uh, what's what y'all gotta, y'all gotta give me a funny story about each other that y'all can tell online. Um, but you know, I need, I need a story on the other one and you better make it a good one because you don't know what the other one's going to say. So you better make it a good one. In <laughs> practice. Did we talk about that? Oh yeah. He, he, he sprained my MCL. It, well, I think we talked about that on here though, Nate. Right. Didn't we? I don't know, but Asa was going for, I was going, Asa like knocked it loose and I like beat him down to a ball and I literally like picked it and was like standing up and Asa just dove into my legs. Right. That's one of the main times. But that's like a basketball story. And that's good too. I mean, it's like you getting beat. We have plenty of stories. Sam, we got to, we got to come back. We got to come back to that one. We have to wrap this up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got to wrap it up. Sam, I really appreciate you coming on. We had, this was a blast talking to you. Uh, It was an awesome time. Nathan, I'm glad we got him on. Sam, thank you for your time. I'm going to do this for you, Sam. You are on Twitter at Sam Moran Jr. Um, I am on Instagram at the Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. Nathan is on Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. He is on Instagram at Nate5 underscore Moran. Uh, Mind of a Coach is on uh, Twitter at Mind of a Coach Pod. And we are on Instagram at Mind of a Coach. I got one more, Asa. And that is also BGA Legends Youth League is on Twitter at BGA Legends. Awesome. Guys, so proud of you guys. Love you guys. What, what y'all are doing, it's, it's amazing because I ran into a couple of college coaches this weekend they actually talked about how they listen to the podcast and and what you guys are doing so again love you guys so proud of you keep it up and uh i I was honored to be on so i appreciate you guys yeah thanks for coming on love you too sam appreciate you brother all right buddy see ya see ya